You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. While you were skipping stones, building forts and flying kites, I was missing school and on the Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me. Hello and welcome to the Little Me Podcast. I'm Mark Tuminelli. Um, as most of you know, I own a company called Broadway Workshop and I'm lucky enough to work with the most dynamic, talented people on earth. And uh, my guest today is truly one of the most incredible performers I've ever met. Don't oh laugh. my gosh. No, it's true. Um, so uh, she's here with me in the BPN studio, my friend, Broadway star, Michaela Diamond. Hi, way to make me feel special. You are special. Thank I wish... You. As we get further along in this, I'll have like applause. I've imagined <laughs> lots of things that are going to be happening. Um, Room to grow. Our producer yesterday told me it takes three to get used to doing this, and you're number two, so this will probably be bad. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Better than the first, though. I mean, yes, sorry, just, Andrew. Sorry, Andrew Feldman. <laughs> um, I hope you guys all listened to our first episode with Andrew Barth Feldman, Broadway's latest uh, dear Evan Hansen. Um, brilliant human. Brilliant human. Really nice, too. Really nice guy. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about you today mm. and us and Broadway <laughs> and things like that. Okay, and Shape House. Shape House. Should we tell people about the Shape House? Well, it really, um, it really continued our friendship. I feel <laughs> like so sure. Michaela and I did a thing called Shape House. This was before it was big. Before it was big, I still go like every week. Yes, he does. Um, you go into a sleeping bag, and the sleeping bag gets warmer and warmer. <laughs> It heats up to 80 degrees and you sweat out all your toxins. And when you, I mean, sweat's the wrong word. You really, you take a shower, it's but in so your own gross. sweat, it's insanely gross. But you get to watch TV. Mm -hmm. What did you watch? Chef's Table. Okay. For sure. Love, love a Chef's Table I'm, episode when I'm, I'm like trying to zone. Yeah. I'm currently watching you season two at Shape House. It's my Shape House show. So That's, I save it. I feel like I already sweat when I watch that show. <laughs> so being in a sleeping bag would probably make me sweat even more. Great, um, great show. Okay. Way. So that's Shape House. Plug for Shape House. They don't give me anything, but maybe, <laughs> maybe if enough little people me podcast. download this, <laughs> download and subscribe. Um, okay. So before we get into share and Broadway and where, um, <laughs> let's start at the beginning. Let's go way back, way my back, love. Way back. Okay. So at like 11, Oh, is this the 11 when you moved with you and your mom yeah, moved from the, absolutely right. the uh, Atlantic City area? The AC area, the yes. Beautiful I'm downtown. Actually, I'm actually from Margate, yes. but no I one saw knows that on Margate. your Wikipedia. Page. Oh, I have a Wikipedia page. You do. 
today's a good day. Today's a good day. You have a wicked um, uh, yes. Some information is not, not accurate. Right. But, <laughs> oh no. Um, it's okay. Um, so what, what, let's, let's talk about that. Cause I think a lot of people who are going to be listening to this are parents or kids at probably yeah. workshop or young people, um, or old people who just like me, um, or you, uh, what, how did that happen? How was your mom like, let's pack it all up and move to New York city and live yeah. in an apartment and try this thing that you're particularly good at? Yes. Take, well, tell me about that. Um, so my mom's amazing, first of all, Karen Diamond. Mama Diamond. Mama Diamond. She's great. And she uh, – I kind of grew out of all of the dance studios in my area, and so she decided to open one. My mom is not a dance teacher at all. <laughs> not but, know this story. It's good. Oh, yeah. So she decides to open the studio, and we decide to call it Creative Connection Studio. It's amazing. We got this like kind of one studio space. You walk in and, you know, there's like a tiny office in the back and, and this huge studio space that we put in dance floor and whatever. And um, we just kind of by happenstance started to meet all these incredible people and teachers. And so we had ballet teachers, a tap teacher, a Zumba teacher, and the kind of age range of the studio went from literally five-year-olds all the way up till seven-year-olds singing Zumba. And we opened it for three years. There was a concert every year. We did not make a cent, and we also didn't lose a cent. So it kind of was successful in a way. And I was able to take dance with these incredible teachers and get a lot of one-on-one attention because there would be like five people in a class, and it would be great. Um, So we started to do that. And then I did a show one summer here, um, The Sound of Music, and I played Marta, and we rented in a a studio apartment, like tiny, 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 tiny apartment on the Upper East Side, and we went home so I could continue seventh grade after that summer. And we kind of went home and we were like, why are we here, like in the suburbs of New Jersey when we're definitely like adventurous people. Like she opened this random studio in Margate. Like we love New York City and I love doing this and that's where you can do it. And so I'm an only child. I only lived with my mom. It kind of was like, let's just pick up and leave. So literally a month into seventh grade, I had already started school. We left and got an apartment here. Definitely still tiny. Did Did you have to homeschool that first year or did you go right? I went right into a public school which was horrendous. Yeah, it's like bring it Will on. Will not lie. Yeah, no, for for real. It was Wagner Middle School. Everyone's changing and hormonal. We don't recommend Wagner And I, yeah, no, and I literally like went in the middle of it. It was kind of the worst thing possible. But um, I feel like there's always that first year in the city that's going to suck mm-hmm. until you like kind of find your people. And I just didn't find my people at that school. So I was quite lonely. And then I went to PBIS for eighth grade and like obviously I had a 30 person class, but I got really close with a lot of people in that class and ended up like taking all of them with me to LaGuardia. And I I like found my people in eighth grade. So the first year here was really difficult, but you know, it was my mom and me and we figured it out. Did you have a manager then or an agent who was, people were were auditioning though? I was, I was, but I was more auditioning oddly and ironically before we moved here because I was at that age range where like Matilda, Billy Elliot, like all these shows were. Did you go with Mary Poppins? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was all of these shows that were perfectly for my age range. And then I was like 12, 13 and it started to go downhill and like the auditions weren't fun anymore for me. I was too overwhelmed with it, which I would I still think about that and I'm like, how did my mom not flip out on me? Because we moved to New York and I was like, I don't want to audition anymore. Yeah. But she didn't. She, 
Yeah, she was like unemployed for an entire year trying to figure out what she wanted to do because she wasn't going to take a job that wasn't long term. Mm -hmm. Finally found this incredible preschool on the Upper East Side and has been there ever since. She runs it, does payroll, all of that stuff, and really like enjoys being with kids. She's always been so great with them, which is partly why she opened the studio too. So I think like even though I wasn't auditioning, we kind of found a certain footing here that we didn't not enjoy. So we weren't going to go back, you know? Um, but yeah. So you didn't feel a pressure to, to perform here in a way that like you were booking jobs and totally. Being, so you felt like you could be a kid and, yeah, and do I did. kids theater and do right. other things, do your school shows and all I that. I never like felt, um, and I don't know, maybe it was because I was like a little insecure still. I was like, I don't want to put myself out there until I'm ready you know, and like that, that kind of thing. Or it was just like, I just don't enjoy doing this yet. Maybe I will later, but I'd rather just go to, I'd rather go to high school and middle school and just do shows like community theater, which people don't necessarily think about in like New York City because it's so fancy, but there is like community theater is like, you know what I mean? There's places you can go to feel safe in the room. That's not necessarily like professional, professional. And uh, after, you know, sort of kind of going to all these other you know, programs or doing your school shows and things like that. Um, were there, did you just feel like you needed to wait till you were an adult to like really pursue it? Or did you feel like this need of like all these other kids you're going to school with are auditioning, you know, not as much as they were when they were 10 or 11, but you went to high school with a ton of kids who were maybe kind of going out on auditions or. Yeah, they were. I don't know why I never, I think I was jealous of those kids for a little bit because I didn't have an agent. So I was like, why am I not auditioning? But I also really kind of liked the lifestyle I was living and didn't want that to change. And I had this, I'm a big planner. I've always been a big planner. And so, and I had like older friends who were going off to college because I had done these community theater shows and I knew the like the whole range of people there. And so I kind of, like freshman year, had this humongous plan of like which college I was going to. And then I would go to the Disney College program to get my equity card. And then after Disney College, I would come back to the city and book the Muni. And then after the Muni, I would be ensemble in my first Broadway. You know, like I had this like very, very long 20-year time. It didn't go that way, did it? didn't it? go anyway. <laughs> None of those ways. Okay. Um, but like I did, I did just kind of see myself in the future doing that. But at the time, I was kind of just enjoying learning about it. I say that a lot to parents that are frustrated with their 12 or 13-year-old who doesn't have a lot mm-hmm. of auditions or the agent that they're with barely calls anymore. And yeah. I remind people that you can only be a child actor. There's no other job you could be. There's no child lawyer. You can be a child <laughs> dentist. These are not real things, right? Yeah. So uh, you could do this for your whole life. And so having this time to train or have this time to find your people or- Or find uh, yeah. other things that you, you could like be creative with. Yeah, exactly. Like other things that you like to do. What were you creative with when you were not- Singing, dancing, and belting. Um, well, honestly, like, I kind of wish I had more things, which is why I, like, say the same things to those parents. Of, like, mm-hmm. my kid's not auditioning. And it's like, she shouldn't be. Like, go go learn how to play soccer. I don't know. But, like, I weirdly got into cooking in the last few years of, like, high school, and that very much became less of a hobby and more of, like, a passion once I got once I was like not going to college and like Mm -hmm. was actually cooking for myself, like in a real kitchen and not a dorm and whatever it was. And, and now 
I don't think we've talked about this, but like now I'm going to culinary school. Oh my like God. I am like I actually that. pursuing these things that I love and are fun for me and don't have anything to do with the business. It's a good balance to It's like one of the most important things I think you can do for yourself. And um, I'm very lucky that I was shot out of this freaking cannon so young. And I really got, I learned on the job and got a taste for like what everything in real time reality was. And some parts I like loved and am madly in love with. And then there's other parts that were really difficult and hard and um, like emotionally totally, you know what I mean? Yeah, how they're yeah. effect. Yes. We're going to get into some of them, not all of them. <laughs> but so you do all your, all your high school shows. You do yeah. Cabaret with me at Broadway yes. Workshop, which was an incredible experience for yeah. me to meet you. And I'll never forget your audition. You sang Aww. Funny Honey. I did. Yeah, see, I yeah. remember. And That's I was like, so this funny. is the most talented girl I've ever met. Um, uh, and we I'll, really had a good time with that show. Time. It was just like dream dream show for everyone, I think. So you know, anyone who was a part of it was like, oh, of yes, but yes. <laughs> but yes. You were nervous about it. I remember that. It's actually when I look back at my whole uh career of doing this I have one big regret and it's the costume that I allowed you guys to wear in, in my, my hair, hair. <laughs> so just so you know once a day I go <gasps> mine hair well you did cut a few dance moves we were doing on in tech um, so. but that show was great you no can watch a YouTube montage video of it it's cool it was, it was cool so it was good. fun um so you do all these shows and you do kids theater which is another amazing youth theater organization yeah. in New York City um, and your high school shows you do Beauty and the Beast, Les Mis, and Gypsy. I saw you in some of those. So many. Yeah. All of them. I didn't yeah. get to see you play a teapot. People? I'm sure people would truly, like to not see. I'm like, not see. sure because people would, like, people's parents would come up to me and and for, like, the entire production were like, we thought you were hired to be here. We thought you were, like, seven years old. Like, in, like And I was like, I'm not that good. So this is strange that, like, all of these parents are coming up to me and thinking, like, I was hired to, to be in a high school Guardia show. Like, production who of would do that? Beauty and the Beast. Um, <laughs> here we are. But here we are. So you do all these things, and then you go through your crazy senior year of auditioning for a billion musical theater pro- – well, maybe not really. How many did you really audition for? I did for? 14. Okay, that's, that's a lot. A lot. Yeah. You got into Carnegie Mellon. Yay. You were like, this is the hardest one to get into. <laughs> you got into all of them. But um, I can <laughs> I say did. that. You don't have That's to okay. say it. So uh, you get into all these schools. You're going to Carnegie. You get an audition for Share the Musical, mm-hmm. the workshop lab pre-Broadway. Mm-hmm. And um, you book that. I book it. What was the first audition like? It was three days before I was leaving for Birthright Israel. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> With my best friend. And... Um, Oh, I genuinely, I've like obviously told the story before, but I genuinely really didn't um, want to go. I just like, I was like babysitting and like got the breakdown and was like, I'm going to embarrass myself in front of this huge casting company by doing a horrible share impression. Like, I don't know why I'm going in for this. Like, and I called my agents and I was like, hey, like, I don't think I want to go in for this. Like, I'm also leaving for school in like three weeks. And they were like, all right. And then that was like Friday. The audition was Monday or something like that. And on Monday morning, they call me and are like, uh, we really want you to go in. So sorry, but you're going to go in. And I was like, can they do this? Can <laughs> agents make you go to an audition? Yes. I, in fact, you will feel guilty enough to go. <laughs> and um, so I kind of just like threw on bell bottoms. Like I hadn't, 
which I, I, Mark will, Mark will tell you, I like usually really do prepare. It's like giving me anxiety that You're I like, like such an over really didn't, yeah. I didn't do that much for the, I only did like one night of work. So I wasn't necessarily like ready. And I went in and it was just for sweet, sweet, sweet Pat Goodwin at Chelsea. And it was just him in the room. And we did the sides and he gave me some notes and, um, and I left and was like, I have no idea what's going to come from that. And I got a call back for the next day. And then it was the whole creative team. And I can like remember Rick Ellis, who's like a very good friend of mine now, sitting in the room, like being completely silent, watching me. And I was so petrified of him in that moment. And, you know, he, we just did Peter and the Starcatcher at my school. And there's Rick Ellis, like who wrote Peter and the Starcatcher <laughs> sitting at the table, you know, like and all of a sudden I wanted it, which is very funny in this business. Because, like, you can go on your first audition and not super want it and get a call back and you're like, it's life or death. I'm, I need to get this role, which is so stupid. <laughs> but anyway, so I did this call back. Um, and, like, Bernie Telsey comes out of that room and, and kind of is like, would you take this over Carnegie? And... And I said, I had to talk to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Mama Diamond said, do whatever you want. Yeah, right? exactly. She She's like always been supportive either way. So, so it wasn't a very hard decision no. to make. And and what you learned through this process, I'm sure you can't match that. No, There's no you school never in the world that can teach you what it's like to workshop a new musical and go out of town with it and open on Broadway and, and perform at the previews. Tony Awards. Like yeah. All of those things. <laughs> all the stakes. Um, so you do the workshop here. Mm-hmm. Um and then you lab, know lab really. sorry <laughs> so you do the lab scientists um and then you go to chicago to do the first real full production yes. and there's some changes between the lab and chicago which kind of felt like college to I'm me just, yes. it was like my first time living alone oh i was God. like hanging out with all of my friends after the shows it was very fun and um so then between chicago and broadway how what happened between those times was there, did um, you do another, question. did you do one more workshop or something? We did not. Okay. So I had, I definitely um, got the offer. So I knew I was doing Broadway, which was great. I'm kind of a weight off my shoulders. And we had a month, uh, a month and a half or like a little over that in between for when rehearsal started. And um, I don't know how I had the balls to do this, but I ended up going to Greece for a month and uh, kind of exploring with friends for the first bit and then for the last chunk of time volunteered with this organization called CSRT and we helped refugees come in from Turkey and Pakistan and all these places Amazing. and we were kind of the emergency response team there so we would help them like as soon as their boat hit we would give them food water and then they would make their way to Vial the camp before you would... left them you're like also I'm Cher <laughs> <laughs> well that was kind of the best part of it like was literally 24 hours after like taking a boat of refugees in who were like sitting in freezing water and like scared to death that like the you know people might stop them from coming in they'd be caught whatever it was it was like literally 24 hours after I was in a Bob Mackie costume fitting which was so insane for my brain because I was like how is this possible that um, the world can like, be so different. The wor- Yes. Yeah. And like lives and stakes can be so – because the stakes were very high in that Bob Mackie costume fitting. You know what I mean? It's not like they weren't. It was just like completely different stakes. And it was the perfect trip to go on because it put in perspective all of it. And so like starting rehearsals, it was like if I forget a line, like 
it's going to be okay. Like, it's not life or death. You just have to move on and you have to like go to the next thing. Um, when you were in Chicago, did you feel like every minute you would get fired? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's like a really common thing with young people who get a lot of success right away is it feels like it can't possibly be real. Yeah. And I also, thank God I had like a lot of support within the cast and like D who's, who I'm meeting right after this, but she lived right above me um, in Chicago. We all didn't live together, but she did. Um, and Dee was and your, your – Dee was our standby, standby for Lady and Star, and she ended up coming with us to Broadway and all that stuff. But she's amazing, and we got very close in Chicago. And thank God she was there because I think if I was alone, I would have spiraled a little bit because – those previews in Chicago were like some of the more stressful nights of my life in like a, you know, you just get 70 page changes. I mean, when I saw you in Chicago and I came oh. backstage, they handed you what only felt like a brand new script. And, and you said, were pretty close to opening yeah. in Chicago too. Yeah, it was like 10 new pages or something for the next day. It was it was crazy. And, and you know, you just go home and you would put them in the binder and like I – I learned to like, I would cry for like 10 minutes and then I'd be like, okay, time to work, time mm -hmm. to memorize, you know? And then you would, like somehow you would go in the next day and it was this incredible thing that I later kind of realized that like, oh, in college, like you obviously don't get 70 page changes, but you do like feel this, like all of your peers are watching you and like you're, you know, the stakes are still high at college and like you are, allowed and pushed to fail in in that space and you are not pushed to fail in, in a Broadway out of space. town yeah. tryout although it could happen so I think it was kind of beautiful to be in a space where I was like if I fail like you really you genuinely just have to stand back up which I feel like in college like you could sit in it a little bit you know what I mean and I was just like forced to like you just move on like if you forgot the page the line change you 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 had to keep going there were 1400 people watching you and sets moving and no and one's sets gonna moving stop and you know people counting on you in like a real way and like when I when that was put in my head like I don't think I missed a single line change you know like it was just giving yourself the permission to giving, make a mistake exactly makes a big difference makes it made a huge difference and the show changed wildly Jurassic. from when I saw it in Chicago to Broadway and I imagine there were lots of changes through previews um what was like the the something that left that you were so sad about mm. or that you wished had stayed in the show for Broadway um you know we during the initial auditions all of my scenes were with Sunny and there was this whole chapter that was that was in Chicago and was like cut very late in the game but there was a whole like montage sequence um and it was all scenes with him very flirty showing our relationship growing so it didn't go from like meet Sunny now we're in love in bed together there was this whole beautiful beautifully written like there was a park scene and then there was like we were all of a sudden like in this California sun whatever like there was this whole montage and it was beautiful and it was too uh all I really want to do and it was this little duet we had and it ended with us in separate beds in his apartment and I was reading Curious George and he was reading like some other book. And we had this like look at the end where we were like where I would look at him and he would look right away and I would look back at the book. And it was this beautiful like I fell in love with him in that singular look every single night. 
every night and it was like the easiest thing because you had this all, all this the script up. work yeah. The, yeah yeah this huge beautiful build up and so that was sad to go um I learned that like oh well we still had it so my like prep work for Broadway was lesser. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, oh, like I don't have to imagine what that would have been like. We did it on stage eight times a week in Chicago. You know what I mean? I love that. But yeah, I do miss that. What were uh, what was the first share interaction? She came to the lab in New York and you know wore her big sunglasses and big hat and never took them off um, through the whole performance. And we were in like fluorescent lighting and. Um, I was blonde. I, I am blonde, obviously. Like, there were no wigs or costumes yet. And uh, so it was kind of petrifying. Um, Stephanie, it's funny because Stephanie was horrified. Like, she was so scared. And she kind of, like, hid in the room for a little bit until she, like, genuinely, like, the director was like, you have to come down and say hi, like, whatever. This is Stephanie J. Block we're talking about, you know? And, like, everyone was really nervous. And I will say, I don't know, like, where this came from, but I think it was because I had literally never worked professionally before. I had nothing to lose. It was, like, the first time I was presenting myself. And I had, like, literally – I had worked my ass off. It felt like this presentation, like, I was showing my best self. Like, I hadn't, you know, had any – like, um, I'm never going to have a career if this doesn't go well. Like, now I have those some of those thoughts now that I'm, like, more experienced <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. But it felt like acting, just playing in a room, what I've always done for my whole life. And it, the stakes, even though Cher and all these important people were in the room, I kind of was like, what do I – what like, what else can I do besides, like, just show myself here? Um, whereas Stephanie was like, you know – this was a huge like she has had a past she has been nominated for tone so what is what is she representing for her next mm-hmm. thing it can be daunting um so did you go over to share yeah you, you were introduced yeah, yeah, to her yeah, yeah. And- I was like hey it's like so nice to meet you like I really hope you enjoy had you been a <laughs> you know? fan of share or what no. what does your age group know about share no nothing. we're nothing That's we literally know nothing okay. Except burlesque, which I was obsessed with. My middle school, what's it called? Like best, most likely to, whatever, those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what, what are they called? called? Oh, superlatives. superlatives. (laughs) (laughs) So like my superlative in middle school in eighth grade graduation was like most likely to break onto a film set of the revival of burlesque, which somehow I did. You were in burlesque on Broadway. Um, okay, so your first interaction with her was like felt comfortable and cool, and yeah. and you felt good about the whole I thing. I did, yeah. Um, when she was starting to be around, you know, on the Broadway previews, mm-hmm. and there was you know press about that, and whether you know she was enjoying it and loving it, and then not whatever was that? Did you have to take a lot of that on, or you were just like, I have to do my job? Or um, I mean, a little bit of both. I imagine. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah, um, I had a. I did. Like, she came to my dressing room after half hour, which is, like, kind of not allowed, but we'll but just, like, go with it. Sharon, Sharon. you're playing so, Sharon. Yeah, exactly. So, and, you know, got some notes from her, and um, she was very kind. She kind of just kept saying, like, you are so much like me. Stop. Don't do so much. And I was like, okay, all okay, right. okay, all right. Um, but she did start to get really involved during previews, and, like, the thing is, when people ask me about this stuff, it's like, I just, no one can imagine what that must be like for a human. Like, I can't really imagine having my life shown to a lot of people, but I can't really imagine having 70 years 
of fame shown to to like thousands of people every single night. Um, and so like I would have opinions too. Um, and so I never was like confused on why that could be happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, and no one accurately accurately remembers what they were like when they were. That's exactly what I was going to say. They might think I was like this or I was like this, but no one really knows. Well, you remember how you want to remember it. And yeah. and you know, Sunny passed away and she has said many times to all three of us that like she would be with him today if it wasn't for that. And who knows if she would be with mm-hmm. him today. You know what I mean? And like having to relive watching his funeral All on the, the Broadway ta- show I mean, is probably yeah. like emotionally exhausting for yeah, her. Yeah, and there were weird, like very specific details that were in the show that she wanted out last minute because she got nervous about if that real person comes to see it, would she be scared? You know what I mean? So she's like the show's theme was very true. Like she is incredibly shy and she's incredibly scared. And I would be too if I was the first person to ever go through paparazzi becoming dangerous and people wanting to take pictures of you naked instead of like on the cover of Vogue. Like there was a shift and she was in the middle of that shift. Um, Now people are so used to that. But like cameras were new, you know? Mm -hmm. Like it was just so – there was such a drastic momentum of paparazzi and she was kind of thrashed in the middle. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tell me about, uh, let's talk about opening night and closing night. I was lucky enough to be at both of those, oh, which were. is really a special experience for me. But uh, opening night felt very more special than both. Yeah. I will say both opening and closing were like one of the best days of my life. Opening was very, very special. I had kind of all my favorite people there. Um like my mom, my my like second mom from Margate was there. All of my best friends had come home from college. Like you were there. Like just so many humans that I love were in the audience and I knew they were supporting me so much. And I had just like the most adrenaline I've ever had in my entire life. And you were living essentially the dream. The, the dream that I've you know, always had yes. for forever and ever. And um it was the most magical night and the whole day was kind of magical. Like I couldn't really believe I was waking up and it was, it was crazy. Um, and then like going to the party and like being in a room with people who I really admired and reminding myself over and over again that like this wasn't a dream. Genuinely. I mean, it's like it Cinderella stupid, at the but ball it really is. If, yeah, it um, really is. And then this closing, which was, uh, a really special performance. It felt like 
Yeah, I didn't know what closings were like. Like other people in Mm -hmm. my cast obviously had been through a closing and like knew what that felt like. But um, I was like not prepared for what was going to happen. And Dee had said like something to me about like there's probably going to be singing ovations for Stephanie. So you're probably going to have to hold like for a bit and like opening and stuff and whatever. But there were like not there wasn't one standing ovation like there was many m- many and there were so many times we had to hold and like kind of take a moment and I'm I'm not exactly sure if it came off self indulgent no, I'm sure it, was it like beautiful. was, it was a bit but like it really was like oh like this story we've been telling like this is the last time and we've had such a beautiful time telling it so we're really going to make sure it's told the way we want it to be told and I think Beat Goes On was probably like closing night Beat Goes On was like probably the most special night in my entire life just because it was like just written for me and so through the whole thing like I'm being very honest <laughs> and then that last beat with like spotlight on me in this like glittering yellow dress holding an Oscar in front of these incredible people on a Broadway stage it was like I just chucked that thing up and was like oh wow oh that was it you know like it was like the moment it was like ev- I, c- I felt every emotion possible. How different was your babe from opening to closing, would you say? Good question. Thank you. I'm a podcaster. Mm. Episode two. (laughs) Uh, I will say that uh, you definitely go through phases. So um, I remember seeing you for one horrible phase I was in. I will never forget that week. Um, I like really, really blanked on. Is the dark, as we call it, the dark room? Is that, what is it called? The the white room. The white room, that's it. Um, Yeah, I went into like a full on white room in the middle of that beautiful member that I was just talking about. Like, and, you know, had a very hard time recovering. And for the rest of Meaning that you just were blank. I was, I was blank, but I was like muttering anything that could come to my mind. We're laughing now, but terrifying. We're laughing now, but I sobbed that entire week. And then, you know, kind of that entire week was like, I don't know the script. Like, how do people know their lines? Like, I can't remember if I actually know this, if it's just muscle memory, and I'm trying to trust the muscle memory, but I don't think I actually know what I'm doing. It was very scary. Um, and then I went through phases of like, oh, that was a great week. Like I felt really in the moment and like really vulnerable in the moments I should be and strong in the moments I should be. And it felt really good. And um, and then there are weeks when you like analyze everything right after you say it. And then there are times when you analyze after the show is over and that feels so better. Like every but week is a completely every different Every week journey. is completely different. And I think that like – I think there's some beautiful aspects about my babe in the beginning because it was the rawest instinct and like that I, I think is probably right, you know, in a lot of ways. And then I think at the end there may have been like less beautiful instincts but really thought out moments of like this is how, actually how she would really feel in this moment looking at her older self. It may not have been – has been as like giddy as like I had been – in the beginning of the process. So, like, I think probably they were balanced out between all of those things. And uh, you got to do the Tonys, which I'm sure is, like, a kid. Did you watch the Tonys? Like All the time. Yes. Yeah. So is that, like, a very surreal experience? Be like, I am dressed as Cher doing the Tony Awards at Radio City Music Hall, and I can't order a martini legally. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, that was a weird night. I also was, like, not only was I – 
this sounds dumb, but like not only was I like going to the Tony and performing on them, but I was like also falling in love with my boyfriend for the first time. So it was like all of these feelings. And I like finished what's the weirdest part about Tony's that no one knows about is you still have to do a show that day. <laughs> so we did a matinee. And then the whole matinee, you're like, we don't want to do this show. We just want to get to the Tony's. So and not that you do a bad job during the matinee, but you're just like in a weird place because you're like, your mind is your mind ahead. is just so yeah. far, far ahead during the day. And and it was a beautiful, like, cast bonding experience because you're all just, like, hanging out on this bus that, like, takes you to Radio City. And it was amazing. Like, the stakes were very high. and But also, like, you know, you don't get bussed in until your number. So it's not like we were ready at 7. Like, you had we were called at, like, at, like, 9.07. So we had, like, two hours to, like, chill. And so I was, like eating mango and my dressing was like finding anything to like do to distract myself it was insane and then you know doing it was surreal but a little bit blurry I won't lie like I think I blacked out a little bit because I was just really nervous and like Sutton Foster was sitting right there now we take a workout class together like weird but <laughs> yeah. like it's happening and um so it was beautiful and then like the after party was obviously like I just can't believe I'm in this room right now. This is weird. And then you, I woke up for an audition at 9 a.m. the yes, next day. Of course. <laughs> Did you um obviously the show had a shorter run than anyone expected. Did you feel like that was coming or were you saying like where are these people? Because every my three experiences seeing it on Broadway it was crazy full and people were having a great time and it, it just felt like there was a great buzz in the room but obviously that was not um you know right. kind of happening. I, you know the um, I'm a little clueless because it was like my first experience, so I didn't know how much like producers should be involved or like like how producers aren't involved if it looks like you're closing. And so the really the only thing I knew was like what Stephanie and Jared and and Teal were telling me, and um and they I think they were like probably trying to protect me a little bit too. So I think I was a little guarded from everything that was happening, and um I really. Not that I like was completely blindsided when they like sat us down. I wasn't. We all we all knew like a few days before the actual meeting happened that like it was probably going going with the rest of the like practically all the new shows mm -hmm. that season. But um, I don't know. Like it's it's tricky because so much of you loves the routine of it and like love seeing those people at the theater every day, and you're also like I literally haven't had dinner at seven thirty on a weeknight in the past year and a half you know so I don't know it can it's like it, it was a weird feeling it was like after it was done I felt more sad than like the closing notice you know and you had spent a long time it's not like you were had done the show for two right months. right um so you you kind and of Chicago and yes. the lab it was really it was like two, two and a half two and a half years of my life um and so then when this is over and you kind of go back into regular life which you did for two seconds before going to do a play in LA which is probably like the best possible the thing. The best, yeah. It was wild. It, it was, it was like very lucky. I was the last week. I was doing a reading during the day of this incredible new musical, and also like going to play rehearsals when I could. Um, and then as soon as I finished, I was like full time play rehearsals. So you got to do an Ethan Cohen play in LA called "A Play Is a Poem," right? Uh, yeah. 
that's happening with playwrights in the spring. Atlantic. Atlantic. Sorry, yeah, fired. no, it's fine. <laughs> um, you're not doing that or you are doing it? I am. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Great. Um, and most of the cast is coming to, great. or like coming back um, too, which is going to be great to like revisit material. I haven't done that before, like really revisiting after like a long time. And like kind of cool to do a play in New York. It kind oh, of, kind yeah. of sets you in a different way of like, she and doesn't loved it too. sing and talk like this or whatever. Right, right, exactly. Like, but I really do, like I love the... I loved the process of that, especially right after doing eight times a week of a musical. It was like drastically different to just say words. And also like it kind of was a princess track um, comparatively. Like I'm, it's a five one act situation, five different vignettes. And so I'm in two of them. And once I finish my second, I'm done. <laughs> so I just like kind of chill eat backstage mango in the for 30 minutes room. and eat mango. Um, yeah. All right. So that's coming up. Are there other things that are coming up for you that you're excited about or that you can talk about? Um, it's okay if you can't talk about things. No. Uh, you're doing lots of workshops and readings. I'm doing and workshops and readings and things. And that's been really fun. And then honestly, like the um, – the culinary school is kind of what I'm most excited for, which is uh, ironic, but also like I think incredible and people should hear that too yeah. because I think it's like um, – I think we find it funny because when you're in a show, you feel really creative and you're like, oh, I have all these ideas and um, that I'm going to do as soon as I'm done with the show and it's really exciting. I talk to a lot of actors and we all feel that way. And then when you get out of the show, you really don't feel creative anymore because mm -hmm. you're not doing the thing that makes you feel stimulated. You know what I mean? And so I, you know, was searching kind of in January for something that could make me feel creative that wasn't auditioning because you just look really desperate. When yeah. you go into an audition and that's the only thing that's creative, you are uncastable. And so I wanted to find something that would like make me feel creative that was outside of this business so I could enjoy auditioning. It's so much about not, balance that I think people forget yeah. because they want it so bad. So they feel right. like all the energy has to go there. And even like this podcast right now is because I need some balance. Right. In my, no, like, totally. You know, things to keep it exciting and new things that are are challenging or you yeah. kind of just kind of get used to this. And I'm like lucky enough to be 20 and like kind of realize that and see my friends who are like get to a, an unemployment spot in their lives and they're like, I guess I'll try writing or like, I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're yeah. trying all these things that are like kind of related to the business because that's what they've been doing their whole lives and like, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to dread unemployment. I want to be like, I'm unemployed. I'll go work in a kitchen and and for five months and then audition and be excited about those auditions and find joy and like learning and reading scripts and whatever. It's like it can be so much more fun, I think, than like waiting for the next thing. It's like, oh, I'm being creatively – and creative you're over also there. in you're making choices that put you a little bit more oh, in control. Hundred percent. I um, mean, like literally, though. Like you are making a meal, and then you put it on a table, and you get a reaction from someone, which is a very small version of like what we do. It's kind of selfish. It's egotistical, but you get it. You get a from cooking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're not even 21 yet. Not till July. Not till July 17th. Oh, we're close. I'm we July are close. 1st. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have two little sections left, and then okay. we can wrap up. But okay. I just love talking to you. Me too. Um, okay, so we have an obsessed section. Say it one more time. One more time. We have an obsessed section <laughs> where we kind of can chat about something that you're really excited about or that you have obsessively been watching or listening to or things like that. So tell me if there are a couple of things that you're into right now. Okay, one thing is the morning show. 
I just finished the first season and I love it. I think it like not only shows all of the shit that's been going down in the past few years, but it like explores cancel culture in like many a different point of view, which I think is really cool. I think everyone should watch it. People are amazing. Um, Like the actors are amazing Mm -hmm. on the show. Um, And then my second obsessed thing is probably my boyfriend's EP that he just put out. Tell us about Nathan Salstone. Oh, Nathan Salstone. He um he just put out an EP called Caroline and Me with the how do you say it? It's like not and spelled and it's like the ampersand. 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 Sorry. I got that. Yes. That's right, right? We're like, <laughs> we both were like people oh, didn't shit. go to college. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> um so he just put that out and it has um three like incredible songs that I've been hearing for quite a bit. So it was nice I that he finally got to them. share them. I listened to it as I told you. I listened yeah. to it this week. I thought it was great. So check that out. All right. Now we're going to do our Broadway workshop quick fire questions. Oh, I'm nervous. These are I know you should be very nervous. These are uh, questions that have been put together by some Broadway workshop alumni and myself. Oh. Okay. They're fast, ideally. Are you ready? Okay. Are you taking a breath? Favorite holiday? Valentine's Day. Last Broadway cast album you listened to? (gasps) Sunday in the Park with George. Can you name one show on TLC? No. (laughs) That's a good question. What musical are you most excited for this season? If you need some help, I can give you Diana's Coming, Tina's on Broadway, Jagged, West Side Story, Sing Street. I'm going to say company. West Side Story. All right. I oh, Company, it. too. It's so good. I saw it in London. Oh, God. It's okay. It's like the best I can't wait. revival ever. Um, how good of a driver are you? I just got my license. Oh, my God. I'm, but I but suck. you're terrible, I, sure. I, If I scored one point higher, I wouldn't have gotten yeah, it. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first Broadway show you ever saw? Beauty and the Beast. Last Broadway show you saw? Jagged Little Pill. Did you have braces? Invisalign. Me too. You and me both, honey. I know. Yeah, oh, we knew God. That. Long time. Um, I could do an hour on Invisalign. Um, <laughs> what is something you learned in 2019? How to eat on an eight show week. Have you seen a ghost? No. Have you seen Ghost? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the musical? Yes. I love that show. Oh, I saw God. Three times. Casey. Mm. Oh, God. Mm. Sing for day, Casey. Yeah. Um, fill in the blank. I try to blank. <laughs> I try to not blank when I'm at Ripley Greer. <laughs> shit. Oh totally shit. That was shit. my first thought, too. I shit all the time at Tulsi. Okay, great. Okay, sorry, sorry. We can cut that. We can cut that. No, I think you should keep it. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, last Halloween costume. I didn't. I went to Margate. No, but like ate. the last time you wore a Halloween costume. Like I was like a Oh, Earhart. I was uh, I was Phoebe <laughs> great from Friends. Um, last person who texted you. Nathan Salzman. Okay. It's uh, no fun. What do Stephanie you, J. Block and okay. Teal, too. Oh, that's good. We have a good what do you want on your bagel? Um, scallion cream cheese with locks. Does no good deed go unpunished? <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. It's so funny. Ew. No response. <laughs> yes. Pass. With uh, Andrew, I did uh, climb every mountain or some mountains. Um, <laughs> I like that one. Okay. Um, how often do you think about little pancakes from Le Plan? Often, <laughs> and we're one block away. So right, it's, we're going to go. Yeah. Um, fill in the blank. I wish I could see Stephanie Block play. Um, uh, with me and Gypsy. Okay. Oh, I'm into that. Yeah. Fill in the blank. I wish I could see Till Wicks play. Um, her, her big character in Little Joe. 
this right. musical she told me all about. Very cool. She used to do. There is a musical called End Juliet in London, and she looks identical to the woman who's playing the lead. Oh. And not Juliet. It's, Should anyway. she go to London? No, she'll do it here. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, best opening night gift. Did you get something? Um, I got a, a coach wallet from Stephanie. Oh, that's lovely. It was really nice. Um, Very did Cher give you a gift? She got us like bundles of flowers. Mm, little, it's a little mm. on the cheap end. It was a little on the cheap end. Sherilyn. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> first thing you do when you wake up? Brush my teeth. Can you name one show on Discovery ID? Like Planet Earth? No. No. That's not right. It's no. like Wives with I, Knives or. No, not okay. one. Um, <laughs> HGTV, yes. Are all lifeguards attractive? Yes. yes, I think. <laughs> uh, how long does it take you to get ready? Ten minutes. Fill in the blank. I don't like when people scratch jeans. Do you know any <laughs> songs in Titanic? <laughs> no, not the musical. If you, if you could ask Patty LaFone one question, what would it be? How do you? What do you put in your hair? <laughs> so strange. She's like, nothing, get away from me. Um, <laughs> full musical, uh, first musical you remember listening to, like that maybe you had a cassette, I don't know, CD, what did you have when you were a kid? Um, you know, it was probably, I don't know, it was probably um, Beauty and the Beast because it was my first one and then I think I went home and was like obsessed with it but also like I think my first one that I like was obsessively doing that with was Hamilton. All right. Yeah. Um, not long ago. Not long um, ago. Okay. Uh, what was your first audition song that you used to tote around when you were 11? Uh, it, it's called um, Shit. I give it to my voice students all the time. Oh God. You would be so proud of me. I'm very proud of you. It's no, fine. We're going to go right remember. past it. Yeah. Fill in the blank. John Legend is... Smells delicious. Yeah, we never got to talk about Jesus Christ Superstars on my list, but we were out of Smells time. so good, you guys. Michaela was also in Jesus Christ Superstar live. Check her out. That was a very cool job. Um, so cool. Do you watch any shows on Bravo? No. Can you name two Real Housewives? No. Damn. I'm very... Now I'm disappointed in you. Are you kidding? Um, have you ever left a show at intermission? No. Mm -hmm. I have. Um, what movie can you watch over and over again? Harry, when Harry met Sally. Um, fill in the blank. The food at Sardi's is phenomenal. <laughs> My answer is salty. Um, fries. Gonna say like yeah, fries, salty. like salty fries. Um, have you seen a full episode of Say Yes to the Dress? Yes. Weirdest gift you received at the stage door. Um, You're giving me an like, eye. Like Lego shares. Okay, that's cute. That's cute. Um, can you tell me something funny about Cher? Funny. Funny. She's not so funny. Okay, great. Not that she's not funny. Yeah. Um, if you could only listen to one Broadway cast recording, what would it be? For like future, <gasps> your life. You only get one. Um, Sunday. All right. It's a good uh, one, right? Yeah, I would choose. I would choose Bridges, but it's fine. Oh, mm. now yeah, you that's have a some good rethinking one. to do. I do. Um, have you ever gotten food poisoning at Kodama? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, this is the last question. If you could be in any Broadway show tonight, what would it be? <gasps> that's Current, on. Currently running, like they just have to throw you into a show. 
Can it not be Broadway? Fine. Medea. Oh, God. Oh you're God, such an actress. <gasps> it was so Should good. I go all the way to Brooklyn to see that? Yes. Right. I think it closed. It's just so far away. Well, it's fine. I'm not going. Um, I saw it the last time. Um, okay. So where can people find out what's going on with Michaela? Are you, are, you're not Instagram crazy, but you're. I'm not, but you, I'll like, I post around there right. sometimes. Tweeter, um, maybe? No, no, not so much. But like, definitely the Atlantic website. Great, because <laughs> we have plays a poem at the Atlantic. When yes. does that start? I start rehearsals April twentieth, and I think we go up like May twentieth. This is very exciting. Yeah, I can't wait, I to can't see wait it. for Mark to see it. It's like gonna, all my friends can finally see Everyone it. Everyone will come. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's all my big. Uh, mm. I think that's all the time we Thanks have. For having I, we have to thank Britt, who's our engineer today. Thanks, Britt. And Michaela, thank you for being here, and Broadway Podcast Network for allowing me to do this crazy thing. Uh, please remember to subscribe to the Little Me Podcast Review and rate it if you love me. If you don't love me, forget that. This happened. <laughs> um, and uh, you can follow me at Mark Tuminelli on Instagram or that Tuminelli on Twitter. Oh. I don't really tweet oh. that much. I'm not, you know, it's really for political. It really is. I mean, what am I going to tweet about? Um, <laughs> I love you very much. I'm so proud I of you, you and that you're such a great human. And uh, I really appreciate you doing the second one with me. And uh, we'll have you come back and co-host. Number when, two. When Jared's here. Love to. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network, and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm slash littleme. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at That Tuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.